Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. And this week, you're stuck with just me. Well, I hate to say you're stuck with just me because I hope if you listen to this podcast, you don't feel that way about me. But I feel like I normally have guests for Breakdown bonus episodes and we're switching it up just a little bit this week. So this week's episode was all about being the other woman. We had a story this week from somebody who got into a relationship with someone they worked with at a restaurant. I think she was on the wait staff. He was working in the back as a chef. Things got a little hot and heavy with some flirting and she knew he was married but you know we're human and we make mistakes and sometimes we get into two-year relationships with people who are married because feelings are complicated we make mistakes we learn from them and we move on and we've talked a little bit on this podcast about being the other woman and it's one of my favorite subjects to dive into because talking to somebody who's in a toxic relationship and hearing the reasons why they stay I think it's a little bit harder to grasp onto tangible things of like why that person is choosing to stay but when it comes to somebody in a relationship or like on paper it's very quote unquote well not even quote unquote it's it's wrong to be with somebody who's married right but I think it's the same kind of mindset as somebody who's in a toxic relationship like you're looking at somebody who's with somebody who's not good for them and you're like well why don't you just leave and we can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt because it's like okay I get that you love this person but when you really boil it down to those bare bone wants and needs it's kind of the same thing as somebody who's in a relationship with somebody who's married or somebody who's the other woman or the other man so in this breakdown bonus episode, I'm going to be talking through it and relating it to a conversation that I listened to on a different podcast that I will link below. I think I've brought it up a couple of times, but it's because I think it's one of the most interesting conversations surrounding this topic. If you want to check it out after this episode, it's called the Open House Podcast. It's a few different therapists and they talk about their own experiences and other people's experiences with being the other person in somebody's relationship. They talk about how they got into the situation, why they stayed, and how to get out of it. And so I took some notes while we were listening to this podcast and I just thought that we could hash it out and talk about it from the perspective of this person's story that I released on Tuesday. Now, you might be listening to this and while you might be interested in the psychology of somebody being the other person in somebody's relationship, there was something mentioned in that podcast that made me feel like at some point we have all been the quote unquote other person in somebody's relationship. Like, have you ever been at work and there's somebody who you know is in a relationship or somebody that you know is married and they kind of flirt with you a little bit. Maybe it's not so direct in the sense that they're like hitting on you, but you can just sense an undertone where you're like, 
hmm, I feel like that comment meant something more than just you trying to start up a conversation. And they sort of impose this role on you and it never feels good, right? Somebody actually getting into a physical relationship with somebody who's in a relationship is kind of like a much larger scale version of that. The only difference is you may have made that voluntary choice to go through with this relationship. But either way, no matter if you make the choice to be in this relationship or not, the person that is making the moves on you that is in a relationship is escaping their partner through you. And that can be very uncomfortable if this is unwanted attention. But it might even make you feel special. Something that was mentioned in the Open House podcast, and it was a really beautiful analogy, was they talked about how when somebody goes after you while they're in a relationship, You're being chosen, yes, and that might make you feel special, but you're being chosen in the dark. What I thought was so beautiful is the way they phrased it. They said, you deserve to be chosen in the light, which is so cheesy, I know. The therapist in this podcast talked about why people may say yes to being chosen by somebody who's in a relationship, and it comes down to a reason that we have talked about on a bunch of these breakdown bonus episodes. And it comes down to self-esteem, to your self-worth. We did an entire breakdown bonus episode on this with Dr. Margaret Rutherford. So I'll refer you to that episode in the episode description. And in that episode, I asked her, I said, okay, if somebody has self-esteem and self-worth problems, first of all, how do you identify it? Which of course she was like, just listen to anybody who makes bad relationship decisions. That's probably a red flag there. And then how do you overcome it? She said, you know, it's really not like a, there's really no boom, quick fix solution. We went into a deep dive on how we can get started. And again, if you want to listen to that, that's all in the episode description. Something else that the psychologists in the Open House podcast talked about is the sexiness of being in a taboo relationship. The sexiness of being in a relationship that might have to be hidden or might have to be secret. I mean, for some people that can be quite a bit of a turn on. Having to sneak around, going to dark closets. I mean, it's kind of the stuff that like erotic novels are made of. But also there's so much sexiness surrounding the relationship because I feel like a lot of the times that somebody steps outside of their relationship is because there's immediate physical attraction with somebody else that maybe they have mutual friends with, they see them out all the time or they're at work. But later in the episode, again, with the Open House podcast, they talked about the power play. So if you are the other person in somebody's relationship and they've got somebody else at home and you're maybe coming to them saying, why aren't you leaving your wife? Why aren't you leaving your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever? The power play of them having somebody to go home to is them at any point being able to say, well, you knew I was married. You knew I was dating her. What did you expect? Did you expect this to turn into something else? And sure, maybe at some point, they did dangle that in front of you. So of course you would assume that they would eventually leave them for you. But these therapists talked a lot about how dangling that potential in front of them is really just a form of manipulation. And does someone truly care for you if they're going to manipulate you like that? No. So another reason that somebody might get into a situation where they're in a relationship with somebody who's unavailable because they're with somebody else is possibly due to childhood wounds. This was also brought up in the podcast. And we did a whole episode on these attachment styles and how childhood wounds affect that. We just talked about it in the episode about narcissists because I believe I was talking with Amy Head from New perspectives and I was like how does a narcissist become a narcissist and she said it all starts in childhood and how those childhood wounds affect us as we get older and it sounds so obvious to just be like wow our childhoods really affect us as we get older but really that's 
becoming such a pattern in these episodes that we do. I feel like some of the main themes that we see are obviously narcissism and low self-esteem and low self-worth, but also how people's childhood wounds and attachment styles can affect them and get them into relationships that aren't going to be good for them. But they brought up this theory that I had never heard somebody talk about before. They called it the thimble theory. So when somebody is trying to fill the void of wanting romantic attention or love, the therapist talked about liking it to a child who's like in a desert or something and they're holding this thimble and they're going up to different people in this desert, which please tell me why all these people are in this desert. Well, I don't know how they came up with the theory. I'm just here to report. But basically going up to these people, asking them to fill up their thimble with water. And that supply is so fleeting and so minimal. And in this imaginary desert, these therapists said if they can get their client who's holding the thimble to just turn around, they could see that there's an entire oasis of water awaiting them, that they can fill up their own cup, that they don't have to just accept what other people can offer them. If they just had the tools and the knowledge to know where to get that, then they can get off that kind of, they can get off that dependence on other people to provide that for them. And the other way they flip this theory on its head is that somebody who is the other person in someone else's relationship can even see themselves as the person that's filling somebody else's thimble up with water, aka attention, and can feel like, well, I don't want to leave this person because they rely on me and they need me and I can provide them something that their partner can't. So it was a really interesting visual for a way to reframe. It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing. Summer is coming up. And let's make one thing clear. There is Hibernation Abbey and there is Summer Abbey. And Summer Abbey likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, a refrigerated meal that must be so unhealthy and gross. No, I can confirm these are delicious. And they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein, plus or vegan and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor's also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. 
Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything, and then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. What's going on in these relationships? Now, something that I find very interesting when it comes to relationships is how the chemicals in our body influence us to feel the way that we do. I talk a lot about how love and attention is a lot like a drug because on a science level, like it really is. Like the same hormones and chemicals that go through your body when you're in love or infatuated with somebody are the exact same ones that come from hard drugs. And so I think sometimes it should be treated, maybe not the exact same way as hard drugs, but like if you can understand what's going on in your body, I feel like you can better understand why you're so attached to certain people. And in this podcast that I'm continuously referencing, again, you can check out that information in the episode description. They talked about the biochemicals that happen in these types of relationships. They talked about how lust is going to increase those testosterone and estrogen levels, keeping things, you know, sexy and exciting. And then also when you're attached to somebody, again, like you've got that oxytocin running through you, keeping you stuck in this relationship that like you know on paper is not right like if you write it out this person's married and or in a relationship with somebody and you're the other person like on paper you know the right thing to do is to leave but sometimes it's easier said than done because what feels good isn't right but at the end of the day like it still feels good and right to be with this person now while we're on the topic of drugs why not talk about real life drug addiction testing so a theory that was brought up in this podcast is actually something i somewhat have firsthand experience with and it's the theory about intermittent reinforcement so my best friend from college her name's virginia every like wednesday she would always go off to the lab and she did some kind of testing with rats and in college i never really knew what she was doing. I knew that the rats had to like snort cocaine or something like that. I don't know if they were like doing lines, doing key bumps. I'm not sure how they facilitated it, but they were essentially trying to find a cure for drug addiction. And so in that they had to do intermittent reinforcement with these rats where basically these rats could press the lever, but the cocaine would only get dispersed like on every 10th lever press. It kept that dopamine incredibly high because they knew the reward was coming. They just didn't know when. And the thing therapists in this podcast were relating to that kind of testing to when you're in a relationship that's inconsistent, when you're with somebody who's unavailable, like you know that attention is coming at some point, but you just don't know when. It keeps the excitement high, it keeps those dopamine levels high, and ultimately keeps you more addicted to this person than if they were consistent and safe in your life, which is so messed up, right? It's so messed up. But I think that also explains why when somebody feels safe and someone feels nice and we're in a relationship with them, it feels boring. It feels so boring and the toxic person inside of us just wants a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of that jealousy to keep things on a high and to keep things exciting. And I think that's one of the reasons why being the other person in someone's relationship can be so addicting. So now that we've talked 
talked on and on and on about, you know, how it feels good to be in this relationship, but you know you need to get out. How do you get out of this relationship? Well, the therapists in this podcast were talking about how really cutting off contact and distance are the best things you can do for yourself. And like I said, if we're going to compare this to drugs again, because why the hell not? If you wanted to rid yourself of the addiction of drugs, alcohol, you wouldn't stock your pantry with a whole bar or a whole couple hundred grams of cocaine. No, you would try and get as far away as possible from the things that you know aren't good for you. So why the hell would you not do the same thing with somebody in your life that's kind of holding the same role? You've got to remind yourself that you are attached to somebody who's getting their short term needs met from you. And while it may feel significant to you because, you know, even though they're with someone else, they're thinking about you. Are you really getting what you need out of this relationship? And with that being said, I think another good question to ask yourself if you're in this kind of relationship or if you find yourself in this kind of relationship is, are you emotionally unavailable? And is that why you're with somebody who's unavailable? Now, I have to say when that was mentioned in this podcast, I had to take a hard look at myself because while I may not be dating somebody who's married, I sometimes wonder if I do the same thing that I go after people who are unavailable or they seem unattainable because like deep down I'm not available. That's really a conversation for my therapist, but (laughs) I think it's incredibly relatable even if you're not in a relationship with somebody who's married. Another question to ask yourself based off of some of the things talked about in this podcast are if you have a wound from your parents, they brought up attachment style issues due to absentee fathers, which I know is incredibly common and such a painful thing for people to heal from in adulthood. We have a whole episode on attachment styles if you want to check that out. Again, I will link it in the episode description, but hurt people hurt people even if you don't realize you're doing it to yourself. Because I think if we've learned anything about the episode's where somebody is the other person in someone's relationship is that yes, you can heal from this and grow and become a better person. But at the end of the day, like you really did just hurt your own self by making the choice to be in this relationship. And that's not to say that the other person doesn't have stuff they've got to work through too. They talked about something I hadn't heard before in relationship podcasts or lectures or whatever, but they mentioned that a man, they were specifically talking about men, men who step out on their wives are something called a wounded masculine. They talked about how somebody who's going to step out on their relationship is probably somebody that has a personality disorder. Now, I'm not here to diagnose anybody because I don't have a degree, but these therapists talked about how obviously this person could fall into the narcissist category, but they also mentioned something I had never heard anybody bring up before, and that was multiple personality disorder. So while I'm sure not everybody who has ever cheated has some kind of personality disorder, that's what these therapists brought up. And I think sometimes it's it's helpful I think sometimes those words can get thrown around. And again, I'm not a mental health professional, but I think when somebody wrongs us, we so desperately want a reason or a way to categorize that pain so that it feels more manageable for us. Because if something's unknown and uncertain, it feels very out of control and it feels like there's no purpose in the pain that you've experienced. And so if you got to tell yourself that the person that hurt you has a personality disorder, feel free to look more into these disorders. We just did a whole episode on narcissists and especially how it relates to cheating. So if you want to check those out, those are in the episode description. Okay, so now let's wrap this 
So where did the therapist leave this episode in advice for anybody who finds themselves in this kind of relationship? The first thing they said is the obvious. Get out of the relationship. And look, if I was somebody hopping on a podcast or a friend giving somebody advice saying, get out of the relationship, I would be sitting there going, I know, I know. And look, I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's something that's got to happen tomorrow, but your friends and believe it or not, strangers on podcasts want the best for you. And you deserve to be chosen by somebody who is going to choose only you and to be proud of that. The second thing that was mentioned by these therapists is to find a therapist. And why should you find one? Well, I think something that's been really helpful with me with therapy is that it's helped me understand why I act the way that I do. It's not some fix-all band-aid that you go there and you feel better. It's a place where you have the opportunity to explore who you are and all the fucked up things that have happened in your life and help you understand why you act the way that you do or why you're drawn to certain things because you can be susceptible to horrible relationships based off of childhood wounds and nobody wants to see you suffer in a toxic relationship. And going to therapy can give you the tools and empower you to find the love that you really deserve. Whether that's just you choosing to love yourself or putting yourself in positions to find people that are great and wonderful and healthy for you. The final thing that was mentioned was that we have a choice in what we accept as love. You do not have to accept somebody's shitty, cheap version of whatever they think love is. Whether that's keeping you as a side chick or whether you're just in a toxic relationship, you get to make that choice of what you you want your love life to look like. That's where I'll leave it. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.